We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATB Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight done this before as far as doing a live video and sharing my screen so let me make sure that you can hear me good my screen so let me make sure that you can hear me all right so you can all right i'm going to show you something that i just discovered and I think it'll shock you as much as it's shocking me. Okay. Now, I was answering a gentleman on my. Hey, Elizabeth. I was answering gentlemen on my, a gentleman on my TV page about. He was talking about the Christians that it's our fault that that man in Canada got arrested because of the way that the Christians treat the LGBTQ agenda, the people. So I responded to him and I thought, well, I'm going to do a post about this because this is a point that we all need to know. So what I was writing is, uh, first of all, the LGBTQ community shouldn't be mad at the Christians. They are just loyal to what they love too, which is Jesus and the word of God. The Bible strictly prohibits this, so the Christians must love what God loves and hate what he hates. We always love the people, but not the sin. When we speak out against this perversion, it's because the Bible says it is. We are only the messengers, only they are choosing to be identified by the sin. When you label yourselves LGBTQ, you are labeling yourself. When we say we are against this lifestyle, it's not the person doing it, it's the sin itself. 
we can relay the truth in the word of God in love, of course. However, we cannot back down or support the lifestyle or agree with it. If we agree with it, then we partner with the agenda. Okay, so while I'm answering them, I go over here on Google. Okay, I go over here to Google, and this is what I type in. See, so y'all can watch me do this. This is pretty cool. I'll probably be doing a lot of live videos like this where I can just share my screen and you can't see me. Okay, so I typed in uh, biblical, let's see, biblical, Bible position on LGBTQ, right? So I typed this in on Google. So look what comes up. This is shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. Now, because I'm thinking, okay, imagine these people when they type in, what does the Bible say about LGBTQ, right? So look what comes up, Brad. The first thing is, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Now, who is the source here? A liberal source. It's a human rights campaign, which is a very progressive organization. So you know what they're going to say? Well, let's look in there and just look. Wow, what's the first thing that pops up? See? They are pro-LGBTQ. So let's go back. What's the next one? QueerTheology.com. Is it really okay to be LGBTQ and Christian? Queer theology. Now you notice how nothing is up here on the top having to do with the real answer. Nothing on the top is the Bible or any Christian source. So let's picture this. Google is the search engine that everybody goes to now, right? So you have these people asking this, but what is Google showing them? Everything that's pro-LGBTQ. Look at this next one. Okay, we did the queertheology.com. The next one is focus on the family. And so I'm thinking, wow, we got a Christian one here. So it says 10 things everyone should know about a Christian view. So let's click in there. Okay, so this is focused on the family. It's a good source, Christian source. Okay, so here's the 10 things. Number one, all humans are simultaneously sinful and loved. All people, regardless of their story, are deeply and unconditionally loved by God. Each created with profound dignity and worth, not one more than the other. This is more than mere religious happy talk. It's truth, whether one is gay, straight, or otherwise. But all people are also stricken with a terminal illness called sin. Everyone. No exceptions, and to the same degree. Our sin demands our repentance and needs forgiveness. And God's love and grace are where we find both. This is basic Christianity and the great equalizer of all people. 
So look, y'all, this is their Christian source. And then the next one, number two, Jesus wasn't silent on homosexuality. Some claim Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, and therefore it's neutral on the topic, but it's not true. Jesus was unequivocal in saying that to understand marriage and the sexual union, we must go back to the beginning. So basically he's saying Jesus does talk about the marriage between a man and a woman right here. Oh, good. Y'all can see my mouse, too. How awesome is this? Number three, there's only one option. Both Jesus and all of Scripture approve of no other sexual union than between a husband and wife. Number four, male and female complete God's image on earth. True. Five, sex is indeed about babies. It is new and culturally peculiar idea that human sexuality is all about intimacy and pleasure, but not necessarily babies. Babies and reproduction matter. And sure, while not every male and female sexual engagement is toward the end of procreation, intimacy and pleasure matter as well. It has been the overwhelming norm and desire in nearly all marital relationships throughout time. That some couples are infertile either by age or incapability does not diminish or challenge this reality. Infertility. Look, can you believe they're talking about all this? Look, infertility is the vast exception for male and female couples. It is the fact of same-sex unions, a human cul-de-sac. Heterosexual union reaches into and creates the next generation to establish a sexual relationship without any interest or openness to babies is contrary to God's intention for such relationships. Number six, children have a right to a mother and father true. Now this, I want you to look at this one. Same-sex attraction is not a sin. Now this is from Focus on the Family. To be human is to have a disordered sexuality. You do, I do, everyone does. We all have some manner of sexual drive that compels us to disobey God's design for sexuality. I don't know who wrote this. I don't agree with this. Let me know if you do. But while temptation is universal, it's different from sin. Scripture tells us that Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are, but did not sin. See Hebrews 4.15. Sexual sin is giving in to that desire in either mind, in either mind or body. Faithful Christian discipleship cannot avoid temptation, but it strives to resist and master it with God's help. Doing so is not a sin but obedience and dependence upon Christ. Many are indeed same-sex attracted, but live obediently within a Christian sexual ethic. It can be difficult, as it is for heterosexuals who are required to live in celibacy. Christianity requires that we each subjugate our sexual and many other desires to our faith commitment. And countless same-sex attractive believers do so willingly and joyfully. What do y'all think about that? First of all, same-sex attraction is not normal, people. It is not normal. 
that is uh, something that needs to be uh, fasted and removed. If someone is having a battle with having same-sex attractions, they need to go for deliverance. They need to go see, like Dr. Morris down in Texas, you need to go see someone and have them pray for you because that is not a normal thing. Normal is what is beautiful between before God and of course it's in marriage. But I do agree with the author when he talks about how when you're single, you know, everyone has uh, urges sometimes and has uh, temptations, but we always put that under submission. We keep it under control. How? Uh, we have to kill our flesh. Now, a lot of us understand when we say that as Christians that we have to kill our flesh, we understand what that means. What it means is we have to fast and we have to tell our body, you get under submission. You will not be attracted like that. You will not be lusting. Basically, if you're attracted to where you're lusting, that's a spirit of lust. And that spirit needs to be cast out. You know, this. a lot of this has to do with churches stopping casting out demons. People stopping casting out demons. Casting out demons is a great help. It, help, it relieves people type of deal. Okay, so let's move on. Number eight, sexual intimacy is not a right. Every Christian has limitations placed on his sexuality. I, I don't know who this author is from Focus on the Family. Every Christian has limitations placed on his sexuality. For married Christians, it is exclusive to one spouse. That's true. For single, engaged, and divorced Christians, it is abstinence. No exceptions. True that. It is. Is it unfair for so many to be forced into a life that cannot know the wonder and beauty of physical intimacy just because marriage is not an option for them? Is it fair for a Christian to be stuck in a loveless marriage? Christians have long understood that fairness is not really the question. Sex is not a right, but a gift. And the giver knows what is best for us. Yes, I'm telling you, Bride, that would be the worst, would to be in a terrible marriage. Uh, that would be terrible. Okay, so let's continue here. Rewriting God's rules is never an option, and people are more than their sexuality. See, that's what I was saying by my post. The people that say, I am an LGBTQ person, they are choosing to stigmatize their life with their sin. They are choosing it. We are not saying anything about them. The Christians just say it about the sin. The LGBTQ lifestyle is where our issue is. It's not with the person. So if a person chooses to say, I am that, then they are stigmatizing their own self with the word of God, which is what we are partnering with as Christians. 
And I'm telling you, Bride, this is going to be the defining hour of the Christian walk because God is definitely separating the wheat from the tares because people are partnering with this thing more than ever. They are allowing it in the churches and people are posting it on their walls saying that they have changed their position and they're now proud uh, because their children has turned to the LGBT lifestyle. So thus they're changing their whole belief system. But we cannot. Okay, so number 10. To identify people by their sexuality is to reduce people to their sexuality. Now, see, that's where I disagree. Because we are not doing anything. Now, remember, Bride, you need to hear what I'm saying. Because when you talk to people about this, you need to put it back on them. You are not calling that person anything. They are the ones choosing to label their own self. You are just saying that that lifestyle is a sin. It's a stench in God's nostrils. It is an abomination. That's what the word says. So when this guy or person says to identify people by their sexuality is to reduce people to their sexuality, we're not reducing anything. Christians, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Do you hear me out there? Whoever's listening. We do not have to be ashamed for standing up for the word of God. God will back us up. If we back God up, he will back us up. Do you hear me? So when we discuss the LGBTQ agenda, we are talking about the agenda not the person okay but if a person chooses to identify their self i am a lgbtq person then what they are saying is i am choosing to identify myself with that sex it's not us it's them so this guy right here is in error when he says to identify people by their right here to identify people by their sexuality is to reduce people to their sexuality. That's wrong. They are choosing to identify their own self. Every individual is so much more. Yes, they are. A person's inherent and undeniable value is rooted in his membership in humanity, not his particularity, sexual or otherwise. See, to me, this article is too left-leaning. You see what I mean? That's why Google has allowed it up here on the top. And behaviors, as important as they might be, the individual is actually a violation of the principle of the universal human rights. I cannot believe, and look, this was done in 2014. 2014 by the focus on the family. All right, so let's scroll up. Now, I'm, I'm showing you that when you do a search engine, and you ask Google, what does the Bible say about LGBTQ? I'm showing you what they're showing you. They have liberal answers. Ungodly is what they have on top. Look at this. Here's the next one. The Reformation Project, brief biblical case. Condemning same-sex relationships is harmful to LGBTQ people. 
Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that good trees bear good fruit. See what they're doing, Bride? These people that don't ever read the Bible and they don't understand what, because a lot of churches don't even preach this anymore, what's a sin, they're looking to Google as the Bible. So what is Google showing them? Oh, it's all okay. This is the search engine. See, this is data analytics. And they are training society that this is the right answer, not the Bible. Let's go to the next one. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Okay, this is a good source. It should be Christianity.com. The New Testament urges Christ's followers to share the truth in love. In recent years, it's become unpopular to question the LGBT claim. Let's see what this article is. Christianity.com. I don't know. I have I don't know if I've seen this one. Angry comments and viral video rants hardly ever convey a true Christian point. Have you noticed? It is possible to have a civil discussion about what the Bible says. Pro-homosexual statements are action and actions are occurring more and more in our world. It shouldn't be surprising to see a Christian response to the contrary. Of course, some Christians aren't exactly shining examples of tact and grace, though such a tone should always be our aim. The New Testament urge, urges Christ's followers to share the truth in love, and the Holy Spirit enables us to explain what we believe with gentleness and respect. But it's usually the inarticulate, angry-faced ranter who gets the spotlight in our round-the-clock news world. That's true. Those kinds of Christians don't speak for me, and they certainly don't represent Christ. True Christians graciously express what Christians have believed about marriage and sexuality for 2,000 years. Do we really deserve the scarlet letter B, bigot? Now, just for believing that the Bible teaches what is best for families and society, right? The Christian view of marriage does have a pretty good track record for promoting thriving civilizations, after all. Like any father, let's see. As a father, I'm called to help my children know God through an accurate understanding of his word, the Bible. Unfortunately, some professing Christians are trying to argue these days from the Bible that homosexuality is an acceptable form of human relationship. They teach that same-sex marriage is just as holy and commendable as heterosexual marriage. This concerns me more than secular arguments because such an approach attempts to hijack the Bible and change the truth which by any sane definition never changes. That's true. Christians certainly need to pray. Be humble. And what now? Well, that one looks like a good one. So that's the first one on this page that is decent. Let's scroll down. List of Christian denominational positions on homosexuality. Well, boy, that'd be a good one. Don't y'all want to know? Let's see what they say here. Advents, Seventh-day Adventists are opposed to same-sex practices. 
Anglicanism. The Anglican community has been divided over the issue of homosexuality in several ways. The Church of England, the Mother Church of the Communion, currently maintains that same-sex partnerships are acceptable for laypersons and gay clergy may enter into civil partnership as long as they are expected to give assurances of celibacy. Wow. The, in 2003, the Episcopal Church, which is the American body of the Anglican Communion, approved Gene Robertson to the bishopric of the Diocese of New Hampshire. Bishop Gene is the first openly gay clergy to be ordained by the Episcopal Church. What? That was back in 2003. Mary Glasspool. There she is, I guess. Became the first open lesbian suffrage bishop, bishop to be consecrated a bishop in the Anglican Communion in the Diocese of Los Angeles of the Episcopal Church. Wow. In 2016, Nicholas Chamberlain, the Bishop of Grantham, became the first bishop in the Church of England to come out as a gay and in a same-sex relationship. Okay, so let's scroll on down. That's the Anglican Baptist. The Southern Baptist Convention, the largest of the Baptist denominations, and the single largest Protestant group in the U.S. believes the Bible says practicing homosexuality is a sin, stating clearly that its members affirm God's plan for marriage and sexual intimacy, one man, one woman for life. Homosexuality is not a valid alternative lifestyle. It is not, however, an unforgivable sin. That's true. The same redemption available to all sinners is available to homosexuals. They too may become new creations in Christ. Okay. The American Baptist Church officially regards homosexual conduct as incompatible with biblical teaching. However, there are a number of Baptist churches in the ABC. USA and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship that have less literal views. The Association of Welcoming and Affirming Baptists, a group of some 50 churches and organizations, is committed to the full inclusion of gay and lesbian persons in their churches. What? The historically African American denominations of the National Baptist Convention have issued no public station on no public statements on homosexuality. However, the National Baptist Convention USA does not allow its clergy to officiate its ceremonies for same-sex unions. Well, we don't want to read about Canadian because we know where they stand. Okay, Disciples of Christ. In this is interesting, isn't it, Brad? Because we need to know what all the denominations are saying. Remember, we had uh, this deal that I'm going through up here with the United Methodist Church. Okay, so Disciples of Christ issued a sense of the assembly resolution, becoming a people of grace and welcoming to all, that in part acknowledges that people within society and within the church have been devalued and discriminated against 
What? Well, that makes me want to show you something that someone just sent me. Look at this. Look at this, Brad. This is on CBS News. Check this out. Christians surprise pride per parade marchers with signs apologizing for anti-LGBTQ views. Jamali Salvador was walking in her first ever pride parade. Let me make this a little bit bigger for you. Okay. Was walking in her first ever pride parade this weekend in the Philippines when she came across something unexpected at the finish. Christians were holding signs apologizing for the ways religion has hurt the LGBTQ community. And the reason I wanted to show you this, Brad, is because I believe we're going to be seeing this a lot more. Where Christians are going to be apologizing for the church. Now watch this. The 19-year-old was marching with thousands of others in the annual parade in Maracanã City, east of the country's capital, Manila. The parade came to a close at Maracanã Stadium, where Salvador was pleasantly surprised by the Christian group. My heart really felt light upon seeing them, Salvador told CBS News. I stopped when I saw them and read all their messages and immediately felt goosebumps all over my body. Then tears started to build up. Let me show you these pictures, Brad. I literally cried when I saw this. Imagine living in a society with nothing but love and respect for each other, rise up together. Now, let me show you this picture. This one says, I used to be a Bible-banging homophobe. Sorry. Jesus don't turn people away, and neither do we. And look at their shirts. I am sorry. Look at that. Okay, so let's go to the next one. God loves you, so do we. Can we hug you? This is all here. This is all in the Philippines. LGBTQ, you are loved. And here's this sign. I'm sorry. We are here to apologize for the ways that we as Christians have harmed the LGBTQ community. And these are the reasons they've harmed them. Number one, for hiding behind religion when really I was just scared. Can you believe that one? I've looked at you as a sex act instead of a child of God. Well, right there, my first thought was, remember I said a minute ago, people that identify themselves as LGBTQ, it is them that is labeling themselves and identifying themselves according to their sexual activities. It's not us. We are just stating merely what the Bible says about it. Okay? So when they say that they are looked on as a sex act, well, that's your choice. We're just saying the LGBTQ agenda. Instead of a child of God. Okay, that is what we need to clarify right now because a child of God is under correction. 
a child will be rebuked. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we are operating in this uh, sin, if we're choosing to partner with the LGBTQ agenda, okay, then we have stepped out from under being a child. Because he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And let's move on to the next one. I have looked down on you instead of honoring your humanity. Now, see, this sounds like it was written from the LGBTQ community. Because, first of all, any person that's a Christian would know we're not looking down on people. We are merely partnering with the word of God. We are stating the position of God. We are his messengers. We are his ambassadors. We will not apologize for God's position. First of all, Brad, it's not our position to apologize at all. We, the last thing we want to do is offend God. We cannot offend him. You may be offended because we stand up for what he says. And we, of course, say it in love, okay? But the Bible says that we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. And when you really get to know God and you understand his heart about sin, you understand about it being a stench in his nostrils. Perversion, which all of this is, it's perversion, is a stench in God's nostrils. It is an abomination. And why does it say that it's an abomination is because it goes after it is unnatural in all its ways. Okay. It's unnatural in all its ways. So it goes against God's very purpose of creating humanity. So no church do not apologize for your position on LGBTQ understanding by the word. Okay, so let's go on this next one. I've rejected and hurt your family in the name of family values. So see, Brad, what they're wanting is for you to apologize for God's position. Standing up for family values is God's word. We just partner with God's word. It's not that we're trying to hurt anyone, any person. You're just merely stating what God says. Okay, let's move on to the next one. For not listening. Well, that goes without saying, you know. Uh, for judging you. Yeah, definitely we should not judge. We do get that. But just because you stand on the position of what God's word says. You are not judging. Don't allow them to try to place guilt on you because you take a stand. When you take a stand, you are saying, I am backing up God. This is what God says. So thus, this is the truth. And although the world, you know, may uh, partner with this and the world may say it's okay, they may try to change Google like we're seeing tonight. 
where Google has fixed their algorithm so that everybody that investigates, what does the Bible say about LGBTQ? And all it shows them is an approving of it. It may do all that, but the true remnant, the true Christians will never support that agenda ever because God will not allow it. And so my theory is this is going to be the great whore. This agenda is partnering with the great whore because what they're going to do is turn around and kill the Christians who are radical and stating truth and they are not going to want to hear what they have to say. So they will silence them. Just like Google is silencing the voice right now. Facebook silencing the voice of Christians. The way we see this happening everywhere with them trying to silence the mouth of the church. But I'm encouraging you, bride. They can take your body. But they can't take your spirit and they can't take the truth of the word of God. All right, so let's scroll on down a little bit. The main banners held by the group listed the way Christians harmed the LGBTQ community or LGBT community, including statements such as, I've rejected and hurt your family in the name of family values. The other individual signs varied with messages like, God loves you, so do we. I used to be a Bible-banging homophobe, sorry. Salvador said, people absolutely loved the group's display. I'm sure they did. Explaining that many marching in the parade had intense reactions to the messages. The teenager told CBS News that some started bursting into tears upon seeing the signs. Some hugged and talked to the Christians. Some took photos like I did, and others just stood there in awe. The photos that Salvador snapped and then posted on Twitter quickly went viral along with the other attendees' images. Well, I would hate to see them on Judgment Day is all I can say. I mean this, Brad. Because they are apologizing for God. Hey, let's check out this Rise Up Together and let's see what this is. Oh, okay. LGBT Philippines. Let me make this a little bigger. Pride Month, okay. Rise up together. So they're wanting Christians to partner with them. That must be what they mean, rise up together. So basically they want the Christians to cower down and apologize for being Christians and apologize for the word of God, but we cannot. So let's scroll on down here. You are not a disease. You are not a mistake. Your rights are human rights despised oh that's a clothing line huh let's see what their clothing line looks like that sure is some creepy <gasps> oh lord y'all shouldn't see them cuss words oh lord forgive us for looking at that gross 
Ugh. To my British brothers and sisters, your show of solidarity is inspiring to me. Trump protest. Oh, well, that goes to say all of the uh, liberal activities go together. All the rebellion stays together. Trump protest, Trafalgar Square, resistance, rise up together, stronger together. My fellow Americans, the Brits are showing us how it's done. This is how you greet a wannabe who represents hate and bigotry. Wow. Aside from the Women's March, we haven't done jack squat. We need to step our game up. Yeah, I know all about you Women's March people. Let's see what they're doing here. This is Trafalgar Square, which I've been there. I wanted to see some of the signs they got. Kids in cages have heartbeats, too. Say no to Trump, world's number one racist. Trump's, what the world? They had this at Trafalgar Square. Trump is not, oh, look, we'd rather have a state visit from the Night King. Wow, look at all these Satanists out there. Gross. Gross. Let me get that off my screen. Nasty. Ugh. Let me go back here. All right, so let's scroll down. Who is the first president to support the LGBTQ community? 25% Obama, 25% Clinton, and 50% Trump. What the world? Y'all people are off. Over the next several days, they will lead the discussions and activities and participate in workshops to help amplify the work being done around the world to bring about a brighter future for women and girls and further the cause of gender equality, equity. WD 2019. Women's Day 2019. What is that? The power of women. What will you do with your... Oh, this is part of that Women's March. UN Women... Look at that. It's a gender equality uh, meeting. Hmm. Let's keep the momentum up, they're saying. Melinda Gates? If we want to use digital technology to close gender gaps, women must be a part of building and designing it. Oh, well, that's true. That's probably true. What we're looking at is what they're doing globally 
Oh, the Gates Foundation, gender equality doesn't just benefit women and girls, but men and boys, families, communities, and businesses. Hmm, gender seven, what is that? You got to remember too, Bride, the HR5 bill, all this, all this is all together. This is a, a global agenda, satanic agenda. Gender seven, what is that? We will not succeed in overcoming gender equality until our world leaders embrace the empowerment of women and girls, not only as a means to change the lives of individuals, but also to bolster our communities, our nations, and our world. Huh, let's see what they mean by this. Because I understand women needing... But when they say gender equality, it could be weird. Global movement for equality. Let's see. The first global index measuring efforts to end gender equality finds countries are not doing enough to improve women's lives. Future stories of a time where equality is fear is realized. Now, Brian, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that uh, witchcraft in witchcraft they worship women? Did you know that uh, they worship women's bodies? Because see, in the biblical order of things, the man is the head, and that's why I pray. We've got a group coming to Washington, D.C. next week, uh, the Promise Keepers, and I'm praying they come back because we need men in leadership again. We need the men to rise up, you know. We've had an attack on our men. They've tried to uh, emasculate them. Headline newspaper in Canada. The headlines are changing. Are you ready? Gender 7, Progress Not Promises. Amplify Her, Michelle Beadle, whoever that is. Mama Rumo, Ending Violence, Gail Smith, One Campaign. Half of the world's elected leaders are now women. Oh, that was in Vancouver, huh? Okay, well, let's get back over here to Google, okay? I was just showing you this about that group in the Philippines who apologize for being Christians. They said, we apologize for the way Christians have hurt the LGBT community especially by using the Bible in condemning and judging them. 
The pastor, this is a pastor totem. I used to believe that God condemns homosexuals, but when I studied the scriptures, especially the ones that we call clobber scriptures, I've never heard that term of you, Brian. Clobber? That are being cherry-picked from the Bible to condemn LGBT people. I realized that there's a lot to discover. Including a, the truth that God is not against anyone. God does not discriminate against people based on gender. He stated that he hopes other Christians will not utilize scriptures to condemn the community. Because it is keeping people from participating in the church and from Jesus. Wow. What the? This new age Jesus is terrible. That's what that is, Brad. That new age Jesus is all inclusive. All right, well, let's go back over here to Google. We was finding out what all the denominations, where they stood on this issue. The Christian Reformed Church in North America has maintained the stance since the 70s that homosexuality is the direct result of a broken, sinful world, but that the church should offer a compassionate community for homosexuals. Homosexualism, explicit homosexual behavior, is considered disobedience to God's will revealed in Scripture. Celibate and repentant gays and lesbians should not be denied any right granted to heterosexuals. They have the right to maintain office and be an active member in a congregation as their gifts can still be used to glorify God. The church must provide support for homosexuals to find healing and wholeness in their brokenness. They allowed this church voted to allow gays and lesbians in committed partnerships as elders and deacons. Lord, the Orthodox Church holds the opinion that sexuality, as we understand it, is a part of the fallen world. In Orthodox theology, both monastasis, whatever, and marriage are paths to salvation. Celibacy is the ideal path of exclusive concern for the kingdom of God. While marriage is a reflection of the messianic covenant and blessing under the context of true unitive love. Okay, well, let's scroll on down. Jehovah's Witness consider same-sex activity to be sinful, but recognize that some people may be prone to homosexuality, including members of their congregation. So members are required to abstain from any homosexual behavior which is listed as a serious sin, but are told not to hate homosexual individuals. Their literature has stated that Christians should not make homosexuals the target of ridicule or harassment. They believe that God intended marriage to be a permanent and intimate bond between a man and a woman, and regarding same-sex marriage, they have stated that it cannot give homosexuality a cloak of respectability and are told to avoid debates about the legality of homosexuality. Even when the laws of the land are in conflict with their Bible-trained conscience, Jehovah Witnesses do not engage in protest or any form of political campaigns in order to change such laws. <laughs> wow! 
In other words, just sit back and be quiet and don't do nothing and just let the country go to hell. What the world? Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints makes it clear that experiencing feelings of same-sex attraction is neither a choice, a sin, nor the fault of the individual, and that celibate LGBT members can have a good standing in the church. Can y'all believe this? Can't you believe these denominations are saying this? You can say you're an LGBTQ, just promise us that you're going to be celibate. So you can just sit and have those thoughts. Good Lord. They are expected to obey the same law of chastity as heterosexual members, including not intentionally arousing sexual feelings and not participating in sexual acts outside of a legal and lawful marriage between one man and one woman. The church considers engaging in same-sex sexual activity a sin, even if the same-sex relationship is recognized as a legal marriage. What the world? Let's scroll on. I'm, I'm waiting to see what they're going to say about evangelicals, ain't y'all? Okay, the community of Christ, never heard of them. Lutherans in the United States allows LGB marriage and ordination. Well, we knew that about that. Canada, Europe. Okay, Mennonites. The Mennonite church has multiple. I didn't know that. I would have thought they would all be against it. Isn't that something? They have multiple LGBT affirming denominations. However, acceptance of LGBT Christians varies widely. No Mennonite churches in North or South America have officially endorsed same-sex marriage, but some have taken steps towards this practice. In the Netherlands, same-sex marriages can be both ordained and conducted by the Mennonite Church. The Church of the Brethren Mennonite Church, Supportive Community Networks. Okay, all right, let's move on down. The Methodist Church of Great Britain. We don't care about that one. Let's move on. Down. Okay, United Methodist Church. On May 7th of 2018, the bishops in the United Methodist Church, a denomination long divided on questions of LGBT equality, had proposed allowing individual pastors and regional church bodies to decide whether to ordain LGBT clergy and perform same-sex weddings. However, this proposal has not been formally approved yet and will be decided. Well, it was decided. I can tell y'all that right now. I've been researching it. It was decided, and they said they do not want it, but it's been a big firestorm now. Okay, so we don't care about all that because we know where they stand. Okay, United Church in Australia, don't care about that. Metropolitan Community Church, never heard of them either. Is an international fellowship of Christian congregations. It's considered by many to be a full mainline denomination. What? I've never even heard of them. Have y'all? Have you heard of Metropolitan Community Church? There are currently 300 congregations in 22 countries, and the fellowship has a specific outreach to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender communities. Acceptance of homosexuality is an important part of its theology. What? I have never heard of this church. 
was instrumental in the first legal challenges to the heterosexual legal definition of marriage in Ontario. Y'all haven't heard of them either. Okay, Moravian Church. They do accept it. Okay, New Apostolic Church does not approve of homosexual acts. Who is the New Apostolic Church? On the grounds of biblical tenets and Christian tradition, the New Apostolic Church does not approve of practiced homosexuality. It is solely for God to determine whether and to what extent a person who is absolutely confirmed in his or her homosexual disposition acquires guilt before God. What? Through the practice of his or her homosexuality? What the world? In this regard, it should be expressly stated that the sexual disposition has no relevance in the pastoral care of our brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters who are practicing homosexuals are living in a homosexual partnership, cannot carry out ministerial and teaching duties in our church. Let me, I'm going to click on that real quick just because I've never heard of these people. The New Apostolic Church is a Chilastic Christian church. Oh, that's why I don't know who this is. Yeah, good point, Lane. Good point. Well, I'm just telling you what they're trying to put out there. The new apostolic church is that split from the Catholic apostolic church during an 1863 schism in Germany. Okay, well, they're over in Germany. We're talking about America over here. All right, Pentecostalism. This is us. Most churches that are within the Pentecostal movement view homosexual behavior as a sin. True. The second largest Pentecostal church in the USA, Assembly of God, which is my roots, makes its view clear on homosexuality in a position paper stating, it should be noted at the outset that there is absolutely no affirmation of homosexual behavior found anywhere in scripture. Rather, the consistent sexual ideal is chastity for those outside of monogamous heterosexual marriage and fidelity for those inside of marriage. True. There is also abundant evidence that homosexual behavior along with illicit heterosexual behavior is immoral and comes under the judgment of God. True that. Okay, Church of God in Cleveland. This is uh, Perry Stone right here. Similarly condemns homosexuality. These churches therefore oppose same-sex unions, gay pastors, and would tend to forbid congregates who persist in homosexual practices. Politically, they are likely to support politicians with the same viewpoints. Assembly of God churches insist that those who engage in homosexual activity should cease such behavior as with any sin. The Church of God in Christ has taken similar positions which condemn homosexuality and same-sex marriage. There are, however, a growing number of LGBT-affirming Pentecostal churches where... Please tell me where. Both denominations and independent churches. These include the uh, Anointed Affirming Independent Ministries. What is that? The Anthem Church was birthed out of the Pentecostal movement and merged into an interdenominational fellowship of members from the Evangelical Lutheran Church, duh, Catholic Church, duh, Episcopalian, duh, 
A-P-C-I-G-A-A-P, whatever that is, and the LDS Church. So basically, they all uh, put together a denomination and decided to call themselves Pentecostal because they speak in tongues, I'm assuming. But it's, I'm sure it's not the right tongue. Okay, here we go. Affirming Pentecostal Church International. It was founded December 5th, 2010 in Indianapolis. It's currently the largest LGBT affirming Pentecostal organization in the world. Let's check this out. Who are these people? This is a Pentecostal denomination founded in 2010 in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is currently the largest LGBT affirming Pentecostal organization in the world. First founding executive board consisted of General Superintendent Bishop Raphael de Jesus, Assistant General Superintendent Bishop Kevin Conkle, and Bishop Robert Martin. General Secretary Bishop Patrick Pies, Treasurer, given all these people, I don't know any of these people. APCI was founded to be a non-legalistic apostolic Pentecostal organization with racial equanimity not found in other similar type of organizations. Wow. Has established congregations in the U.S., Mexico, Albania, Colombia, all these different countries. Let's check them out on Facebook. Let's see who is this group. I've never even heard of these people. Have y'all? All right, let's see. All right, let's go over here to Facebook. Chicago. Okay, let's see this one. That's a group. All right, let's check out this one here in Chicago. World Changers Called to Love. We were built for this. Affirming. Yes, amen, Lane. Amen about the remnant. Affirming Pentecostal Church International General Conference. Eric Wise, John Street, Jawawa, Merck or something. All right, so, oh, they're going to be in Texas. San Antonio, Texas, New Beginnings Christian Community Church. World Changers Called to Love. I don't know who did their flyer. You can't read it. Now they got a church in Kenya. All right, let's check these people out here. A smile is the most fashion-forward thing you could ever wear. Oh, they got a conference coming up. Oh, this is back in 2017? What? They haven't done anything since 2017. Okay, well, let's go back and check out a more current one. That's a group. Probably because people were catching on to what they was doing. 
Look at my friend Susan Nudge, boy. She busted them out. Look at that back in 2014. Way to go, Susan. Somebody tell Susan what a good job she did. Look. Let's see her post. Oh, it's from a news article. Absolutely right. Four denominations in less than a week defy God's word. The United Church of Christ. Ah. Ken Peters. All right, let's scroll down. Affirming Pentecostal Church. Isn't that funny? They don't have a Facebook page. They stopped being on Facebook. Oh, okay. They've got some videos here. Here we go. Watch the full service. This was in Look at that, a Pentecostal church for all. God, wait a minute. Hold on there. Look at there, Brian. Look at this. Let me pause it right there. Look at this sign they show right here at the end. Seven year and three special ver ser services for our seventh anniversary. A Pentecostal church for all people. And then what is down here to the left? The rainbow. Look at that. Isn't that something? Lord help us all. All right. So let me get out of all these. And let's get back here. All right. So we know that's an abomination. Let's keep going. Oh, we got to go back. Well, at least the Assembly of God and Church of God are keeping their positions. The Presbyterian Church is currently the only Presbyterian denomination in the United States that allows same-sex marriage and ordains openly LGBT members in committed relationships. Wow. So the Presbyterian Church... Quakerism. Quakers in many countries such as Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom are supportive of gays. Alright, Roman Catholic Church. Homosexuality is considered in the Roman Catholic Church teaching under two distinct aspects. Homosexuality as an orientation is not considered sinful. Though is referred to in highly technical language as an objective disorder. As it is seen as ordered 
toward an intrinsic moral evil. The church recognizes that homosexuality is an innate condition in most cases, not a choice, and therefore cannot be considered a sin. What? Homosexuality, sexual activity, however, is seen as a moral disorder, and homosexual acts as contrary to the natural law. The same acts would be considered equally contrary to the natural law if performed by heterosexual couples. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. Well, whatever. But it does say here, the Roman Catholic Church believes that marriage is only between one man and one woman and opposes same-sex marriage at both the religious and civil levels. The church also holds that same-sex unions are an unfavorable environment for children and the legalization of such unions damages society. But I've seen many posts where the Pope has come out in support of it. I don't know. Okay, so let's scroll down. I never heard of this one. Sweden. All right, let's see. United Church of Canada, United Church of Christ, we know they're liberal. Yeah, they're they're supportive. United Church in Australia. Vineyard Churches, the United States branch of the Association of Vineyard Churches issued a statement on LGBTQ LGBT issues in 2014. The statement affirms marriage as a covenantal union between a man and a woman and states that outside of the boundaries of marriage, the Bible calls for abstinence. At the same time, the statement expresses repentance for sinful stigmatization of homosexual persons and encourages the expression of grace and compassion towards all who are tempted by extramarital sex. Summary of denominational positions in North Oh, wow, this is neat. Let's see what this is. Okay. Allows homosexuals as members, ordains practicing homosexuals, blesses unions, and marries them. Seventh day of Venice. Oh, I thought they did. Or is that just at Venice? Is a branch of Protestant Christianity which has started in the United States during the Second Great Awakening when Baptist preacher William Miller first publicly shared his belief that the second coming of Jesus Christ would occur at some point between, oh Lord, Anglican Church, no, 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 American Baptist, it varies, official denomination, local congregations, practices may differ, no. Assembly of God, no. National Baptist Convention, it varies. Wow. But the Southern Baptists are no. Catholic Church, yes. Members are required to sustain. Christian Church, yes, yes. Christian Reformed Church, no. Reformed Church in America, yes. Church of God, Yes. What was that first one? Allows homosexuals as members. Church of the Nazarene, no. Church of England, yes. 
Church of Scotland, Eastern Orthodox, varies. Episcopal, yes. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yes. Evangelical Covenant Church, no. Evangelical Lutheran Church, yes. Lutheran Church, Evangelical. Mennonites, it varies. United Methodist Church. Well, you for that one, you might as well say yes across the board. Well, they do have it up there. It is yes, and three of them look yes with the numbers there. Metropolitan Community Church, yes. United Pentecostal Church International, no. Evangelical Presbyterian, no. Orthodox Presbyterian, no. Presbyterian Church, yes. Presbyterian Church in America, no. I guess they're two different denominations. Is the second largest Presbyterian Church body and the largest conservative Reformed denomination in the United States. The PCA is Reformed in Theology, Presbyterian in Government, and Active in Missions. Okay. Religious Society of Friends, the Quakers, yes. Look, all them foreign churches are all yes. Look at that. Unification Church, no. Unitarian and Free Christian Churches, yes. United Church of Canada, yes. United Church of Christ, yes. Vineyard Church, no. The Wesleyan Church, no. You know what's funny is they do not have non-denominationals, which is the largest of the uh the largest of the evangelicals all right so let's go back to google and the way that they've changed their algorithms all right so look at this one right here 10 bible passages that teach a christian perspective this sojo i have been researching them for over a year now this is an ecumenical movement a satanic organization. Let me show you. They try, these are the most liberal ministers ever. They are the ones really pushing a lot of this stuff. See how they got the Bible in the rainbow. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Oh, forgive us, Lord. Okay, here's another one United Church of Christ. United Church of Christ Resources carries ONA and other LGBT-related published by the lesbian, bisexual, and transgender. Oh, they have a UCC coalition for LGBT concerns. Open and affirming study package. Trainings. LGBT history. LGBT history timeline. Let's see how they say it. Wow, it's been going on since the 1920s. Look at this. Wow. 
1980 well let's go back here 1985 well 1985 rock hudson comes out and admits he has aids 1985 first school for openly lesbian and gay teenagers opens in new york city i didn't know that the 15th General Synod of the UCC passed resolution calling on United Church Christ congregations to declare themselves open and affirming all the way back in 1985. 87, Second National March on Washington, which is what they did today, for lesbian and gay rights. Hmm. 1988 National Coming Out Day. 1991st National Bisexual Conference. 1990 Federal Hate Crimes Statistics Act passed. First law extending federal recognition of gay men and lesbians. 1991 First Black lesbian and gay pride celebration held in washington dc ah, look at this 1992 world health organization removes homosexuality from its classification of illnesses can you believe that it used to be considered an illness i mean this is you know, back in the day when God was in the country, they saw that it was an illness. You know, back then, well, back then, though, they used to lock people up and stuff for all this. For You know, they called it sodomy. Because the Bible talks about sodomy on that. Okay. Let's see. Don't ask, don't tell. U.S. military policy adopted 1993. Look at this. Did y'all know this? 1995, President Clinton names the first ever White House liaison to the gay and lesbian communities. Wow. Let me see where what it's doing today. Let's check this out. Look at the article back in 1995. Clinton names first liaison to gay and lesbian groups. Having disappointed many homosexuals since taking office, the Clinton administration began reaching out to that alienated constituency on Monday by creating a new post, White House Liaison to the Gay and Lesbian Communities. Today, members of the administration held briefings for 40 Lesbian and gay elected officials from around the nation. Wow. These gestures came less than a week after the Justice Department declined to join a legal battle against a Colorado constituential amendment that bans the enactment of civil right protections for homosexuals. <gasps> Think about H.R. 5 right now that the Democrats just passed. That is what they're doing right now. Let me save this page.
I need to save this page. This is important. That is an important piece of information. The administration's decision to stay out of that challenge, which is before the Supreme Court, infuriated numerous leaders of lesbian and gay organizations. Wow. Let me paste that in my notes. By coincidence, a meeting of lesbian and gay officials has been scheduled today with members of the administration of the old executive office building next to the White House. These officials included state senators and representatives, city council members and supervisors, judges and members of Board of Education. Wow. Hmm. Well, did y'all know also that Hillary Clinton is the one that started the uh, Muslim celebration in the White House? She did that as well. So now we're stuck with it. So that's two things the Clintons have done to us. They brought in the homosexual agenda and the Islam. All right, let's see here. Nineteen ninety seven, South Africa becomes the first country to enact a constitutional ban outlawing sexual orientation discrimination. Huh. Isn't that funny? They're the one doing white genocide right now. Isn't that funny? Let me paste that. Well, I'm finding out some juicy stuff from my research. Let's keep going. 1998, the Executive Council of the UCC called for the passage of the hate crimes legislation. In this, they called for immediate passage of the federal hate crimes. This is a church? Wow. and urged all United Church of Christ members to communicate support for this legislation for their, to their congressional. Wow. Check that out. 1999, Britain bans discrimination against transgender people. Two thousand and four in the United Kingdom, transgender people were allowed to change their gender on their birth certificates. Can you believe this? Did y'all know all this stuff has happened across the world all, all these many years ago? Man, this is shocking. 2004, Massachusetts was the first state to legalize same-sex marriage. Wow.
2005 Equal Marriage Rights for All Resolution passed by the 25th General Synod of the UCC. Wow, this church, United Church of Christ, they have been really involved politically. Two thousand seven, the U.S. House decided to divide the Employment Non-Discrimination Act (ENDA) into two pieces of legislation: one focusing on sexual orientation and the other on gender identity. What all the way back in two thousand and seven, Brian? Can you believe that this has been going on all the shenanigans all these years? Wow. ENDA would ban employment discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Wow, can you believe this? See, some people are speculating that when they passed that bill, H.R. 5, um, a few weeks ago, and it was the most grossest, perverted legislation you've ever seen, okay? A lot of people are thinking, okay, it may not pass the Senate. It for sure won't pass the president. So they may try to split it, okay? They may try to split the bill just like what happened right there in 2007. Two thousand eight rally at the National Center for Transgender Equality Lobby Day to end transgender discrimination all the way back in 2008. By the way, y'all, uh, I took a picture the other day of um, what's her name's office? What was Camilla Harris, the one that is at the entryway. Let's go to her website, Camilla Harris. She's a representative in California, a senator. Camilla Harris. Right outside of her door, boy, she has got it. A American flag, a state flag, transgender flag, and an LGBT flag. She is for it all the way. All right, here she is. Let's see. This is her. News. Hmm. Kingdom Day Parade. What is that? Never heard of it. Immigration March, maybe? King Day.
Happy King Day. Oh, Martin Luther King. So they have a kingdom march? I've never heard of that. Have y'all? Anti-lynching legislation. Never heard of this one either. Oh, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker came together to lead unanimous passage of federal anti-lynching legislation. I've never heard of this one. This is another new law. It's probably anti, uh, probably white supremacy bill. I'll look at that in just a moment. Let's check it out. James Baldwin once said that, quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And that is why we are here again today to face the history of lynching in this country. From 1882 to 1986, the United States Congress failed to pass anti-lynching legislation when it had the opportunity more than 200 times. We have an opportunity once again to right this wrong and face the ugly history of lynching in America. And let's recall this stain on America's history, lynching. It was an act of terror. It was murder. These were summary executions. Victims of lynching were dragged out of their homes. They had ropes wrapped around their necks. They were hanged on trees. In many cases, they were castrated and burned as crowds of people watched and applauded. And the premise underlying all of these acts was that black people were not full human beings. According to the Equal Justice Initiative, Lynching was used as an instrument of terror and intimidation 4,084 times during the late 19th and 20th centuries. In 1955, Emmett Till. Okay, my first question to this is, is what does this have to do with the country today? Like, why pass a bill anti-lynching? So the next thing we do is we go over here to, I'm teaching y'all how to research. Go to house.gov. And then we look up uh, legislative activity. Okay, so let's search. Lynching. Well, let's change that. Let's try Camilla Harris lynching. Andy Harris, I didn't know. Let's try Camilla. Camilla Harris. Oh, I'm at the House of Representatives. Does she's a senator? Sorry, 
Camilla Harris. I'm so used to looking at the House of Representatives. Camilla Harris lynching bill. Senate passes bill to make lynching a federal crime. Did y'all know about this, Brad? I didn't know. The bill introduced by Camilla Harris, Cory Booker, and Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina. makes lynching punishable as a hate crime. The bill previously passed by the Senate in December, but it did not clear the, gen the then GOP-controlled House before the end of the 115th Congress. It passed Thursday by a voice vote. Booker said that lynching is not a relic of the past. See, that's what I'm thinking. Pointing to the attack on the Empire actor Jesse Smollett in Chicago. What, which we know was a setup, hello. Justice for the victims of lynching has been too long denied, and as we look forward, we must collectively in this body make a strong statement. Harris speaking from the Senate floor. Okay, first of all, how did they have time to write up a bill so fast is what I want to know, and to get it passed since the Smollett thing. It's very suspicious. We must confront hate in our country. We are now making clear that this will be serious, swift, and severe consequences. Who, along with Booker, is running for the 2020 nomination. Congress has tried but failed to pass anti-lynching legislation roughly 200 times since 1918, according to Harris's office. In 2005, the Senate passed a resolution apologizing to lynching victims, which was a terrible thing for sure. But addressing the 2005 vote, the Senate legislation says that while an apology moves the United States towards reconciliation and may become central to a new understanding on which improved racial relations can be forged, legislation criminalizing lynching is still wholly necessary. See, my question is, now I would want to see, I want to see what it says. Because remember, Brad, I've taught you that. You cannot go by what they say on just the title. You have to look at the whole entire bill because they may have four lines in it that are just going to slaughter the Christians later. Hey, here we go. Congress.gov. Here we go. We found it. Bam. Let's check it out. Justice for Victims of Lynching Act of 2018. So this has been in there. Let's see. First, let's look at the summary. Okay, they have nothing on the summary. Okay. Actions. That's what I was looking for. Let's look at the actions. 12-19-2018. Passed, agreed to in the Senate. It was long before the... Smollett deal by voice vote. Justice 
Dio. Huh, and then they got an immigration policy. Well, let's check this out. Victims' rights and children, child protection. Just, okay, here we go. Let's look at the PDF here. With this bill, I'm right here. With this bill, this is where I'm at. We are finally able to change that. Well, let's go up here. Lynching is a crime committed against innocent people. These crimes should have been prosecuted. There were victims who should have received justice, but they did not. With this bill, we are finally able to change that and correct a burden on our history as a country. We finally have a chance to speak the truth about our past and make clear that these hateful acts, acts should never happen again without serious, severe, and swift consequence and accountability. And now it's Cory Booker. For over a century, I'm down here, members of Congress have attempted to pass some version of a bill that would recognize lynching for what it is, a biased, motivated act of terror. Today, Senator Harris and I have requested that after a century, after 100 years and 200 bills introduced in this body, we finally make lynching a federal crime. Thanks to the work of incredible people around the country, truth-tellers, we have a more comprehensive understanding of just how widespread and purposely Lynching was used as a tool of racial terror and oppression in our history. The use of lynching as a larger part of terrorism is disturbing. It's a dark chapter in our past and part of our history. Its legacy doesn't just live in our history books. I wonder why are they doing this instead of things that are affecting us today, but maybe it'll say here in a little bit. I mean, what are they hoping to do with this? We know that the passage of this bill will not undo the damage, the terror, and the violence that has been done in the lives that were brutally taken in our past. We do know that the passage of this bill, even though it cannot reverse the irrevocable harm caused by lynching, used as terrorist oppression, is a recognition of the dark past. We know that when wrongs are ignored, they fester underneath the skin of the body politic. And we know that justice delayed is justice denied. Today, this is a moment of potential justice in the body, a reckoning to the victims of lynching that for too long have been denied. I want to go back to a point in history in this body. The very first bill introduced, okay, he's going through the history, so let's scroll down.
I'm reading this, Brad. Hold on a minute. Okay, here's what we need to know about Bridish right here. It says, the findings of Congress. This is like kind of like how they ruled. Okay, so here we go. Congress finds the following. I'm right here, Brad, right there. The crime of lynching succeeded slavery as the ultimate expression of racism in the United States following Reconstruction. Lynching was a widely acknowledged practice in the United States until the middle of the 20th century. Lynching was a crime that occurred throughout the United States with documented incidents in all but four states. At least 4,742 people, predominantly African Americans, were reported lynched in the United States between 1882 and 1968. 99% of all perpetrators of lynching escaped from punishment by state or local officials. Lynching prompted African Americans to form the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, referred to as NAACP, and prompted members of Benaiah Brith to found the Anti-Defamation League. I've never heard of them. Benaiah Brith. Internet is the oldest Jewish service organization in the world. States that it is committed to security and continuation of the Jewish people in the state of Israel and combating anti-Semitism and bigotry. The president is Kaufman. Oh, here's their website. We have been a vital voice for human rights around the world, supporting and defending Israel, senior advocacy and housing. So why are people comparing them to the Masons? Shog, shog, not Moses. I've heard that term. Hmm. Well, we'll have to search that out some other time. Mr. Walter White is a member of the NAACP and later is the Executive Secretary of the NAACP from 1931 to 1955, meticulously investigated lynchings in the United States and worked tirelessly to end segregation and racialized terror. Nearly 200 anti-lynching bills were introduced in Congress during the first half of the 20th century. Between 1890 and 1952, seven presidents petitioned Congress to end lynching. Wow. 
Between 1920 and 40, the House of Representatives passed three strong anti-lynching measures. Protection against lynching was the minimum and most basic of federal responsibilities, and the Senate considered but failed to enact anti-lynching legislation despite repeated requests by civil rights groups, presidents, and the House of Representatives. That's weird. The publication of Without Sanctuary, Lynching Photography in America helped bring greater awareness and proper recognition of the victims of lynching. Only by coming to terms with history can the United States effectively champion human rights abroad. An apology offered in the spirit of true repentance moves the United States towards reconciliation and may become central to a new understanding on which improved racial relations can be forged. I get that part. Having concluded that a reckoning with our own history is the only way the country can effectively champion human rights abroad, 90 members of the United States Senate agreed to Senate Resolution 39, 109th Congress on June 13, 2005, to apologize to the victims of lynching. Well, there you go and the descendants of those victims for the failure of the Senate to enact it. Well, there you go. The National Memorial for Peace and Justice, which opened to the public in Montgomery, Alabama, is the nation's first memorial dedicated to the legacy of enslaved black people, people terrorized by lynching, African Americans humiliated by racial segregation and Jim Crow, and the people of color burdened with contemporary presumptions of guilt and police violence. Notwithstanding the Senate's apology and the heightened awareness and education about the nation's legacy of lynching, it is wholly necessary and appropriate for the Congress to enact legislation after a hundred years of unsuccessful legislative efforts finally to make lynching a federal crime. Further, it is the sense of Congress that criminal action by a group increases the likelihood that the criminal object of that group will be successfully attained and decreases the probability that the individuals involved will depart from their path of criminality. Wait a minute. See what I'm saying, Brad? We got to see. We got to read the fine print. Let me read that again make sure I'm understanding this right. Further, it is the sense of Congress that criminal action by a group increases the likelihood that the criminal object of that group will be successfully attained and decreases the probability that the individuals involved will depart from their path of criminality. Therefore, in other words, they're saying if they was involved with it, it means they probably won't never leave it. So let's hear who they're talking about. Therefore, it is appropriate to specify criminal penalties for the crime of lynching or any attempt or conspiracy to commit lynching. Now we got to hear their definition of lynching. Y'all think I'm being funny. I'm telling you. How they do these things is not funny. The United States Senate agreed to unanimously Senate Resolution 118-115 Congress on April 5th, 2017, condemning hate crime and any other form of racism, religious or ethnic bias, 
discrimination, incitement to violence, or animus targeting a minority in the United States. Well, what about all these people getting mad at all of the Christians? Where is all of the people angry about that? Like what they're doing to these people with the hats on for the president, how they treat them. Isn't that discrimination? All right, so here we go. The United States, well, let's see, let's go down. And taking notice specifically of Federal Bureau of Investigation Statistics, <clears throat> demonstrating that among single bias hate crime incidents in the United States, 59.2% of victims were targeted due to racial, ethnic, or ancestral bias, and among those victims, 52.2% were victims of crimes motivated by the, uh, motivated by the offenders, anti-black or anti-African-American bias. On September 14th of 2017, President Donald Trump signed into law Senate Joint Resolution 49, Public Law 115-58-131, Statute 1149, wherein Congress condemned the racist violence and domestic terrorist act that took place between August 11th and August 12th, 2017, in Charlottesville, Virginia, and urged the president and his administration to speak out against hate groups that espouse racism, extremism. Bride, see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? How they throw in this language in these bills. They are going to consider us as extremists and xenophobia. What is that, Bride? What is that that they're adding in this bill? It's the fear or hatred of that which is perceived to be foreign or strange. Xenophobia can involve perceptions of an in-group towards an out-group and can manifest itself in suspicion. Let's look at the Merriam-Webster definition. Fear or hatred of strangers or foreigners. People that have an opinion against LGBTQ, basically. Anti-Semitism and white supremacy. What did I say? And use all resources available to the president and the president's cabinet to address the growing prevalence of these hate groups in the United States. Let me copy this. Prevalence of these hate groups. What are they going to consider a hate group, Brad? What is going to be a hate group? The Christians who preach the truth. Let me copy this link so I have the source of this. Senate, say, I'm glad I did this tonight because now I found another bill that they have shoved down our throats. Senate Joint Resolution 49, 
Public Law 115-58-131 Statutory 1149 specifically took notice of hundreds of torch-bearing white nationalists, white supremacists, Klansmen, and neo-Nazis who chanted racist, anti-Semitic, and anti-immigration slogans and violently engaged with counter-demonstrators on around the grounds of the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, and that these groups reportedly are organizing similar events in other cities in the United States and communities everywhere, are concerned about the growing and open display of hate and violence being perpetrated by these groups. They don't mention all of the other groups of hatred that is towards all the other people. It's This is ridiculous. Secretary, I mean, Section 3, lynching, offense. Chapter 13 of Title 18, United States Code is amended by adding the following. Let's see how they're going to describe lynching. This is what I was wanting you to see. How are they going to describe it? Offense. Offenses involving actual or perceived that's what gets you in this language is when they ask when they add perceived race, color, religion, or national origin. If two or more persons willfully cause bodily injury to any other person because of the actual or perceived race, color, religion, or national origin of any person. Each shall be imprisoned not more than 10 years, fined in accordance with the title or both. If they do this, if they did this part right, where it would be any color that's being offended, that would be great. Each shall be imprisoned for any term of years or for life, fined in accordance with this title or both, if death results from the offense. Or if the offense includes kidnapping or aggravated sexual abuse. Offenses involving actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity or disability. Wow! No, they did not just throw this in a Senate bill. No, they did not. Y'all see what this is? This is a lot of the same language that we see in HR5. What do you think about that? Offenses involving actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Willfully cause bodily injury to any other person because of the actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability of any person. Each shall be imprisoned, not more than 10 years, fined in accordance. Each shall be imprisoned for any term of years or for life, fined in accordance with this title or both. If death results from the offense, includes kidnapping. Okay.
For purposes of subparagraph A, the circumstances described in this subparagraph are that the conduct described in subparagraph A occurs during the course of or as the result of the travel of the defendant or the victim. 1. Across the state line or national border. 2. Using a phone, the internet, the mail, or any other channel, facility, or instrument of interstate or foreign commerce. Uh-oh. The defendant uses a phone, the internet, the mail, or any other channel, facility, or instrumentally, or interstate or foreign commerce in connection with the conduct described in subparagraph A. Huh. So if they see you doing anything on the internet where they could perceive that you are uh, that you are harassing, basically. The defendant employs a firearm, dangerous weapon, explosive, or incendiary device or other weapon. Well, we all get that about weapons. If the action interferes with commercial or other economic activity in which the victim is engaged with at the time of conduct, otherwise affects interstate or foreign commerce, or occurs within special maritime jurisdiction, offenses occurring in the special maritime or territorial jurisdiction of the United States, whoever within the special maritime or territorial jurisdiction of the United States engages in conduct described in paragraph 1 or in paragraph 2a without regard to whether that conduct occurred in circumstance described in paragraph 2b shall be subject to the same penalties as described in those paragraphs attempt whoever attempts to commit any offense in this section are y'all kidding me <laughs> listen to this shall be in prison for not more than 10 years fined in accordance with this title or both if the offense includes kidnapping or attempt to kidnap aggravated sexual abuse and an attempt to commit aggravated sexual abuse or an attempt to kill shall be in prison well that's all true that's good all right let's scroll back up Conspiracy. If two or more persons conspire to commit any offense under this section and one or more such persons do any act to affect the object of the conspiracy, each shall be subject to the same penalties as those prescribed for the offense of the commission of which the object was a conspiracy. No persecution, prosecution of any offense described in this section may be undertaken by the United States except under the certification and writing of the attorney general or designee that the state does not have jurisdiction the state is requested that the federal government assume jurisdiction the verdict or sentence obtained pursuant to state charges left demonstrably unvindicated the federal interest in eradicating biased motive violence a prosecution by the united states is the in the public interest and necessary to obscure substantial justice listen to this rule of construction 
Nothing in this subsection shall be construed to limit the authority of federal officers or federal grand jury to investigate possible violations of this section. Wow! So they can have federal officers investigate this stuff. Let's see here. So now they've got an immigration policy added in there. What does immigration have to do with lynching? So let's see what this is what this is. I rise to address a current day scar, a wound in America. A wound in terms of how we are treating children arriving in our, on our borders and seeking asylum. George Washington said America is a nation open to receive not only the opulent and respectable stranger, but the oppressed and persecuted of all now. What the world? Are y'all seeing this? What the world? They started out saying we wanted to... Uh, you know, uh, take a stand on lynching, which we understand that was wrong. That was terrible. But then they added all the other stuff of gender equality. See how they do, Brian? See what I'm talking about? They add all this stuff of gender equality and all that other mess. Okay, so now they're adding immigration. Let's see what they're trying to say here. This sense of the vision of America was repeated a hundred years later through Emma Lazarus's poem that is carved out in the foundation of the Statue of Liberty. Phrases of that poem include, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me, but that spirit is lost right now in the USA. We are a nation almost universally of immigrants, and yet we are treating those children fleeing persecution as if they are criminals when they arrive now. What a world! They are criminals, people, if they come in here illegally. Okay, so I went down this last weekend with Senator Matsi Hirano of Hawaii and Senator Tina Smith of Minnesota. With Representative Judy Chu of California and Representative Beto Rourke. Oh! Oh! Look who they just mentioned. Oh, Beto, Beto, whatever his name is. Look at there. Four of us visited two family internment camps, one in Dilly and one in Carnes, and all five of us went to the Tornillo Child Prison in the desert in Texas outside of El Paso. This war against children, this Trump war against children, was most dramatically demonstrated back in May and June 
when the U.S. government implemented a zero-tolerance policy that in fact said if you assert your international rights and come to the border of the United States, we will treat you as a criminal. Duh! We will lock you up. We will rip your children out of your arms, and who knows if you ever see them. How goofy is the thinking of these Democrats? What the world? Let me copy this. Let me put this in my research notes. One moment. See what they're doing? They tried to do a bill where they where it sounded good, but look what their real motive is. We're about to see their real motive, Brad. Well, we already know it's the gender equality and all that that they added in there. All right, let's keep going. I went down June 3rd of this year to shine a light on this and found out what was really going on. I saw children in cages. <coughs> I tried to enter a facility. <coughs> Sorry, Brad. A former Walmart that I was told had hundreds of kids locked up. I was denied entry because the administration's desires to keep the effects. Wonder why it won't show more. That's all it will let us see. So what I want to know is Alright, so let's go back here. I want to see what she's saying in the text of this about immigration. Wow, this passed the Senate on December 19th of 2018. And we didn't hear anything about this. Called S317A. Hmm. A bill to amend Title 18 United States Code to specify lynching as a deprivation of civil rights and for other purposes. Amendments. Democrat from New Jersey, O. Booker, submitted. Oh, they agreed to it. Okay. Let's see what his amendment was. Text of amendments, okay? 
okay, I see what this is. Let's see. Mitch McConnell's amendments. Let me make this a little bigger. Here it is. Ms. Harris for Ms. Mr. Booker proposed an amendment to the bill to amend Title 18 United States Code to specify lynching as the deprivation of civil rights. And for other excuse me, purposes as follows. Strike all after the enacting clause and insert the following. This act may be cited as the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act of 2018. Congress finds the following. The crime of lynching succeeded slavery. Okay, we read all that. I'm doing quick reading on that. Okay, let me go back up here at the top. See, here it is, right there, number two, right here. Offenses involving, look, they got this in caps too. Offenses involving actual or perceived religion, which is about because of people that are Islam, if you see them in their garb, you know you may perceive that they are. That's what they're saying. National origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Basically, that covers the HR5 bill right there. Which we should not, uh, you know, do bodily harm, that's for sure. 
But the question is, are they going to be fair about it? I mean, if they do that. And then this part right here where it says, using a phone, the internet, the mail, or any other channel, facility or instrumental, instrumentally of interstate and foreign commerce, the defendant uses a phone, the internet, the mail, or any other channel, facility, or foreign commerce in connection with the conduct. So how are they going to measure abuse? See what I mean? In other words, Brad, I think they're gearing up for Christian persecution with all these bills. I really do. Look at this. Prosecution by the United States is the public interest and necessary to secure substantial justice. Wow. Let me read this. In general, no prosecution of any offense described in this section may be undertaken by the United States except under the certification and writing of the Attorney General or a designee that the state does not have jurisdiction. The state has requested that the federal government assume jurisdiction. The verdict or sentence obtained pursuant to state charges left demonstrably unvindicated the federal interest in eradicating biased motive violence. A prosecution by the United States is in the public interest. Hmm, to secure some. So the government coming after you. Rule of construction. Nothing in this subsection shall be construed to limit the authority of federal officers, see, or a federal grand jury to investigate possible violations. All right. <clears throat> well, the point is I will definitely research that more. See what we have discovered tonight, Brad? All because we're looking at the history of LGBT. Look at all this. So let's scroll down. The House of Representatives passed Local Law Enforcement Hate Crime Prevention Act in 2009. A fully inclusive version of INDA. H.R. 3017 was introduced in the House as well as the Senate. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts sued the U.S. government of the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, which was enacted in 1996. 2010, the Religious Freedom and Civil Marriage Equality Amendment Act of 2009 and marriage licenses became available on March 3, 2010. This amendment act allowed same-sex couples to marry in the city itself. Wow! 
in 2010. That must be why we have such a stronghold up here in Washington in the LGBT community. 2010, Maryland's Attorney General declared that although Maryland does not issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, the state is able to provide marriage rights and benefits to same-sex couples married outside of Maryland. Wow. Prop B ruled unconstitutional. To read the full timeline, click here. Where is it going to take you? Wow, they got a whole document. Look at that. All the way up to 2010. The UCC Coalition for LGBT Concerns expanded its criteria for new opening affirming C-O-N-A statements to include gender identity and gender expression what effective july 14th of 2010 wow let me see what they're doing today ucc coalition i bet that's the group i saw last week up here let me search google and find out ucc open and affirming coalition Look at that symbol. What the world? The Christian symbol with an upside down triangle in it. Look at that. Welcome to the world's fastest growing LGBT welcoming church movement. I bet you that's that group I saw in D.C. a couple of weeks ago when they was doing the HR5 over there at the United Methodist Church. I bet you. All right, let's see what this is. God's doors are open to all. Wow. Ooh, that symbol is creepy. The United Church of Christ. All right, let me scroll up and see what they're doing today. Okay. History leadership. Let's see who they, who's their leadership. Leslie Jones, Truth and Destiny Fellowship, United Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, she is in the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries. Leslie's pronouns of choice are she, her, and hers. Look at that. Pronouns. Remember, Lyft just sent an email to everybody saying, you're going to be able to choose on your rides what your pronoun is. I'm like, what the world? Delete. The Reverend Martin Nebone, the pastor at Plymouth United Church, 
in Spring, Texas, is passionate about creating wholeness for our broken world by following the path of Jesus as Christ. This includes working on peacemaking, crafting inclusion, and nonviolent liturgies. That right there is a clue, Brad. Run for the hills when they talk like that. Having conversions about privilege, conversations about privilege, and the intersections of oppression, as well as having the honor of providing pastoral care and leading worship. He's the coalition's president. Wow. Well, I don't know any of those people. Okay, let's see. Open and affirming. Where? New York. New York. Let's see. New York, New York, New York. I guess they're all in New York. What can I expect from an ONA church, a community of faith where your family, you and your family are safe? It's a safe space for open and honest conversation about human sexuality and gender identity. Wow. So this group has been one of the most uh, politically active uh, religious groups, basically. Hmm. All of them in the north, it looks like. Well, there's a Florida one. See, look at their symbol, Brad. When you see this, you'll know who that is, that rainbow question mark or apostrophe. There's those Sinai. Remember they was talking about the Sinai's that was making all those uh, changes where they would then get bills passed and whatnot. I guess it's kind of like their conference. Evangelism? Mm-hmm, look at that apostrophe there. Successful ONA churches are congregations that learn how to become a visible and reliable presence in the LGBT community. Especially when our basic rights are under attack. When LGBT youth aren't protected in local schools from bullying, 
when LGB seniors face abuse and neglect in retirement communities and when alternative faith voices are needed in campaigns for equal protection under the law. So this is a group we need to keep our eye on for sure. Hmm. Well, okay, let me get off this page. All right. Well, that's interesting about the history, though. But it only goes up to 2010. Isn't that funny? Alright. Well, let me go back. Okay. So now we're still on Google. Look. The whole reason I did this to all of you that just started watching. When you type in Google. Biblical positions on LGBTQ. They give you all these. These are people that are Googling and asking, what does the Bible say about it? And they give you all these uh, liberal sources. In other words, they change their algorithms. While some Christians embrace the LGBT theology, the topic was specifically whether the Bible supports same-sex marriages. Debating Bible, Bible verses on homosexuality from the New York Times? What? The LGBT movement and Christianity. We welcome our lesbian and gays. Episcopal Church. Wow, they've got one called GayChurch.org. Gay-affirming Christian churches, homosexuality in the Bible. Let's check it out just to be curious here. GayChurch.org, look at that. Notice how the cross is straight, right? Y'all know I know this stuff about logos. All right, see how this cross is straight, but then it gets crooked at the bottom. It's slanted. See, that's exactly what their movement is. It's an opposite, opposition of what the word, opposition of who God is, period. Find an affirming church. Let's see, who is affirming in my community? Ministering to LGBTQI. Christians and other allies around the globe. We feature the largest welcoming and affirming church directory in the world. It's to provide an online resource for people to locate and visit welcoming Christian churches around the world. We list congregations that meet on a regular basis in a physical location for worship, prayer, service, and fellowship. Hmm. 
Wow, look at all them churches, Brad. Over here in my region's the biggest ones. Look at that. 1,800 and let me see if I can make this bigger. Look at this. We're as bad as California over here. Look. 1274, 490. Virginia, okay, this is where I'm at. Where is Washington? Right over here. There's Wheeling, Virginia. Baltimore. Okay, here's Virginia. So Annapolis, let's see here. Virginia Beach, that's where the shooting was last week. Where am I at? I should be right up beside one of these canals. I'm located right next to the river. All right, let me go up a little bit. Oh, here we go. Okay, Washington. Fort Washington, all right. Fredericksburg. Trying to find out where I think I'm right here. Going up. There I am. All right, right here. Here I am. There's Alexandria. Let me zoom in a little more. See, right here is DC, and there's me. So I go straight up there when I go to work. All right, let's see who these two churches are. Old Presbyterian Meeting House, St. Paul's Episcopal, Commonwealth Baptist Church. Good Shepherd Lutheran, Trinity United Methodist, Grace Church Episcopal, Beverly Hills Community United Methodist, yeah. Riverside Baptist Church, Westminster Presbyterian Church, Christ United Methodist Church. This is all in Washington here. A Church for All Metropolitan Community Church. Well, that's in California. Okay, well, let's go back. Denomina affirming denominations. Alliance of Baptists. American Apostolic Old Catholic Church. American Catholic Church, Anthem Network, Association of Welcoming and Affirming Baptist, Baptist Peace Fellowship, Brethren Mennonite, 
Catholic Apostolic, Christ Catholic Church, Communion of Synagogue, Synodal Catholic Churches, Covenant Network, is a charismatic, Pentecostal, full gospel, apostolic, and prophetic movement. We seek to spread the kingdom of God and exalt the king of kings with all our heart. What the world? We build our whole culture for people around who Jesus is. Look at that. Affirming word of faith, full gospel, apostolic, prophetic movement. What is this? Randy and Johnny Layden Morgan, Bishop and Apostle, the Covenant Network. Can you believe this? Calling themselves Pentecostal. Are you and your church interested in being a part of the Covenant Network through ordination? It's a relational process. If you desire to be an ordained minister with us, it will take time. We do not rush ordination. It's a very serious commission. Keep in mind, we may be willing. Well, only ordain those who, through demonstration, faithfulness, humility, and consistency, have proved that they have been called by God into a mission and that they affirm LGBT. Just come out and say it, people. What the world? All right, let's make this bigger. This is all of their events. Let's see where they are going to be and who they're partnering with. So we know who to avoid. Waymaker Weekend. No, my favorite song. Waymaker. Prayer Conference at GPWC. What was that? In Austin, Texas. Let's see who this is. events yes yeah, so it was the right place gathering place worship center prayer conference show me your glory this year's prayer conference is going to be about the glory of God. We encourage every prayer warrior from Covenant Network and anyone else that's seeking to bring prayer back into the forefront of church life to attend. We're especially looking for leaders of prayer. What the world? Can y'all believe this? Y'all have got to research what you're getting involved with, people. Look at this. They're wanting worship leaders to come in covenant with them. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock and bring them to their pasture. Let's see if, the, if they're openly affirming. Is a church that embraces the truth of God's unconditional love for all people. We share with others the same comfort that we ourselves have received from the Lord. We are calling those who have been fed up by mainstream religion to join us in sharing the good news. GPWC offers what 
is rare these days in church. A non-judgmental attitude. We hold firmly to the message of Jesus that empowers people to live for God through the work of the uns- of his saving grace. As a result, we become more Christ-conscious than self-conscious. When our eyes are where they belong, we stop looking at others' faults and start looking at the one who is beautiful, lovely, and perfect in every way. We have forsaken the idea of trying to earn God's approval by our own efforts and have come to simply receive the unmerited favor of God in our lives. We seek to understand the biblical truth that we are the beloved of God and people who are loved not for what they can do, but for who they are as his children in Christ Jesus. Isn't this sad? God has taken us out of cursed places. What? And has gathered us together in a blessed place to live in glorious freedom. My goodness, this place is open for you too. There's plenty of room at his table. Isn't this sad, bribe? Man, Lord, we forgive these people. I just want to say this. We forgive them. We pray that they would have an understanding of what they are doing and what what they are leading people down the road to hell. We pray, God, that you would show them the apostasy they're in. So this place is in Austin, Texas. So here's the conference. Lord have mercy. All right, well, let's go back over here. Worship Fest. What? In New Orleans? That's happening right now. Let's check this out. New Covenant NOLA. Oh, it's New Orleans. Worship Fest. Okay. God loves all of me.net LGBT affirming. Look at this. Look at this. Let's check this out. Boy, we're learning a lot tonight. God loves all of me.net. New Covenant Church. No, this is in New Orleans. New location. Arabi, Louisiana. New season, new wineskin. It really doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what part of town you live. It doesn't matter who you choose to vote for. At New Covenant Church, New Orleans, as we God's table, everyone's welcome here. Our focus is on building relationship with God and strengthening the spiritual bonds with our neighbors and community. Apostle Shelley, our mission, we exist to equip the next generation of kingdom builders with a spiritual arsenal to advance God's territory here on earth until we all reach unity in the... Wow, boy! They can be so deceiving, bride. You've got to have 
discernment. Giving events. Let's see their events. Worship fest and Bible study. All right, let's check out their worship fest. What's up with the apostolic workshop? Can you believe they have that they say that they are Pentecostal filled with the Holy Ghost on fire for God speaking in tongues? And do all that. Okay, here we go. Worship fest. Worship warriors arise. Worship fest is a covenant network. Spirit filled. LGBTQ affirming. Christian conference dedicated to equipping and training of the next generation of worshipers. Wow, can y'all believe this? These people will be coming to this worship fest thinking it's true worship. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? They'll be coming thinking that they're at a good thing, you know? This year's theme is Worship Warriors Arise. God is calling for his worship warriors to arise and release a war cry. Each session is designed to impart revelation knowledge, equip individuals with a spiritual arsenal, and activate the worship warrior within. I'd like to see who's going to be singing at this, wouldn't y'all? Let's see who's involved in this. Click here to download schedule. Here we go. Warring through creative arts. I wonder if they if they do new age with that. Warring through it with intercession. Leaning on the evangelists. And they even have a parade? What? I'd like, I bet it's a gay parade. What do y'all think? LGBT community. Something of New Orleans. Oh, Ignites? No. Wanted to make it a little bigger. Community center. What? They got a community center for LGBT. What? Did y'all know this? Now we gotta see. Alright, let's go here to Worship Fest. I wonder if they're live. Oh, here's their, now we can see who's involved. Let's see if we can make this bigger. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I can't. 
We can't see who. Well, there's them guys. I don't know who all these people are. Mm. I was wondering if when you registered it would show you who's involved. No, I guess it does. Registration is stopped. Even got the scripture that people will worship God in spirit and in truth. This is so sad, isn't it, Brian? That the church has gotten this deceived and this sick. I'm going to look up this LGBT center. Here we go. LGBT Community Center in New Orleans. Wow, it started in 91. Let's see, floor plan, volunteer ways to help the center, thanks. Family Equality Day, wow. They're targeting our children, for sure. Trans, queer, or questioning youth We'll be attending Family Equality Day. Please come by and visit our table. Turnt, a night of Two-Face. Wow. Wow, isn't that something? Look at this logo, toy. Creepy. Trans and queer are questioning youth of New Orleans. Trans or queer, look at that, O to a Q of New Orleans. Upside down cross, sideway cross, look at that, gross. An open hangout space for LGBTQIA plus young people every second and fourth Wednesday at the center. Wow. Wonder why they don't have the worship fest on there though. 
Okay, let me go back. Well, that's sad, isn't it, Brad? Well, Lord, we pray for all these groups tonight. While we are discovering all this, Lord, we pray for every one of them that they would have a that you would have mercy on them, Lord, and that you would take the scales off their eyes, Lord, and all of the people in there, God, help them to find the truth, Lord. Have people minister to them and show them who you really are, Lord. In Jesus' name, sad. Immersed in Revival Weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. This one's coming up. Let's see this website. Now, see, Bride, I am telling you, there are going to be two different revivals coming. One is a demonic Jesus. It is a new age. This is a new age Jesus. They're calling him Jesus, but he is not the real Jesus. Like, they're calling for revival and all that. It's a fakeness. It's not the real deal. All right, let's check this out. 2019 conference. I don't know how to turn that off. Hey, we're here to seek your face. We know you close. Let your presence fill this place. The world is a desert, dry and thirsty. Your love is the answer for love, mercy. It's your eyes to see. Are you believing that? Lord, help us. I don't know none of these people. Never heard of them. Thank God. How to sustain revival culture. Can you believe that? They're wanting revival in something so dead. New Covenant Church of Atlanta. My son lives there. I'll make sure I tell him. Listen. Don't ever go to them churches, please. All right, when the saints go to worship, this is Chattanooga. Here's one of Covenant Network Faith Confidence Conference. Rise Women's Conference. Rise in Unity. Let's see what this is. Sakat Conference in San Antonio. 
Let's see if I got the worship fest on there. 2019. On Eventbrite. Browse event. Oh, here we go. Search for events. Brian, do you like researching with me? <laughs> I'm researching. So they don't have worship fest on here. Okay. Well, then let's do... conference and see if that's in there. No. 